what are you drinking, Skip? I'm drinking uh, ice cold lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Is it Mike's hard lemonade or just Skip's hard lemonade? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest. Is that just regular lemonade? I am. I am. I'm All right. I'm man of lemonade. All right. Everyone hang up and call back in the other number. <laughs> right. Everyone hang Mike, up and call back on say, the other Yeah. Don't yeah. start with me on that, right? Because it doesn't start the right tone, right? Huh? <laughs> Mike, if you say Mike's hard again, I'm I'm hanging up. I'm just <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> All right, who's that? Wow, that's a different spin on that name. All right, Skip. <laughs> Let's say you're sitting at home on a Saturday night, and you're a man in your fifties, and you know you're not feeling too great about how you feel, how you look, your diet, all those things. You're in the business. <laughs> What's the very first thing you would say to do to get started? And it can be like. Diet, exercise, not too technical, but just what's the mindset? What's the very first thing you tell a guy to do to get on that journey? I just say something is better than nothing. Just move, move, walk. Uh, you know, I've got a brother who just got into walking, lost 40 pounds. Uh, it's just that movement just gets you going. If you've got a recumbent bike, maybe you, you, we all have a treadmill or one of these bikes that we never use, right? Something's better than nothing. Just get moving is what I would say, you know. That's, uh, That's a good one. I think that's true too. You know, I, I went to, uh, had my physical in January and you know, you're always, you guys are, you're just waiting for them to know God what they find. Right. And what they usually find is like your numbers, my numbers really weren't terrible, but there was one area like headed towards the blood sugar, the insulin resistance. And like you said, you got to get moving. And so, Hey, I'm proud to share with you guys that today, this morning, from the time I was even out there at your podcast, I fish. I have dropped twenty pounds. I weigh twenty pounds less. Oh, wow! Than I did when I That's was crazy. in California, which That's is you know, awesome. Yeah, I lost ten a ton of times. Went, David. I, yeah. you went to me. Well, I shaved the soles. I shaved the soles of my feet every day. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say was the one thing that you that you did? Uh, I will tell you what, 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 two things I did. One was getting on a bike. I just got moving. I live in a lot of near trails near me in DC and I hit the bike. And I mean, like this morning, I went on a easily 30 mile trip, not even that hard for me. When I first did it, it was really hard. And you know, like I had lost 10 pounds many times, every guy has, but it's that plateau you hit to break through and actually start losing it to get to 20 was very difficult for me. And I'm telling you, it took four months, but it was grinding and slow. So it would be that getting on the bike. And the other thing that worked for me, was intermittent fasting trying to limit my eating window my total right. eating window in the right. day uh and i found i could live with eight hours i could do i can't do the, the insane six hours but i can do the eight and so i did that and, and you only and ate that, two meals during that time right well i would i would not really worry about that so much i just right. tried to pay attention to what i ate i tried to eat you know the other and the third thing is if i don't know if ever, apples i tried to eat more apples to try to fill me up and not eat the stuff i usually eat because i have a sweet tooth Right. So anyway, those things, and it does not, it's not a magic thing, right? It takes consistency. Or what I learned is it, it isn't like any one day or three days. It's like weeks. Yeah, I think really what's best about it is it really, if you're busy and, uh, you know, it, it works, it's a style. It, you know, what it comes down to is going to be calories ingested versus calories burned. And it right. works well for a lot of busy people. And yeah. they don't have all these restrictions with small meals and eating all throughout the day and those type of things that you hear. It allows you to eat once, twice a day, whatever it takes, as long as you get enough 
calories to you know sustain and uh, get your metabolism going. It's yeah. it's a good style. I did some cheats, by the way. I would drink coffee outside that window. I didn't worry about stuff like that. Yeah. There's a one good thing about DC is like there's honestly there's a world class doctor. Whatever whatever genre of doctor you're looking for, no. there's like some tremendous doctor here. And there's a guy named Doctor Eric Burr who talks about the fasting as a way to let your body reset. Mm-hmm. And anyway. I think when you get older, it's a little, it's a lot harder. I think the exercise becomes really important because you lose so much muscle mass as you age. And oh, so anyway, I'm, I'm sticking I, with it. I want to add, uh, I want to say, Dave, just, just as a note, since I saw you in February and was working with you for a solid year, I've gained 20 pounds. Yes. <laughs> Almost. But no, no, it's, you guys will laugh and you'll think, oh, well, I've just been letting myself go. But I have to say one thing about Mr. Meeks here, and that is when you're with him on the road, this man walks more than any individual I've ever been around. He walks fast, which is really hard for, for me. I got short legs. But he walks, and he gets a lot of exercise. Maybe it comes from covering golf or whatever. But he would yeah. get me going, and he, he'd find the farthest Starbucks to walk to and then say, come on, if you want coffee, we're walking. And we had a What call. I found, though, was when you walk – the barbecue chips and the M&Ms were really, really offset that progress. <laughs> Mark, I'd also like to ask you, we don't mind if you keep speaking, if you could just mute the water, the gurgling of the water there. Oh, in, in oh let me turn it off. It's a, there's a water fountain. There's like that a water or? Yeah, no, he's got. It's Mark. Let's be honest. It's Mark sitting on the jets. We know what's right. Uh, <laughs> well, if I put the jets on, you would only be okay. here out of me. Larry, we're on, to, we're on to our good the doctor, the good Dr. Larry. Larry, okay. what's the one thing that you think any man over age 50 could do to quickly improve their appearance? Well, I think you uh, quickly. Uh, or more permanently. <laughs> well, hold out your wallet. Oh, hey, give me both. You got hey, you got five days to get. Is there any tricks to the trade that you know of? Like you got a week to get ready for some of his event. They give you that answer, and then you know, just things, little little things you know that can yeah. help you quickly well, make your face whatever. I mean, obviously, long term's better in terms of like you were just saying, diet, exercise, that kind of thing. But uh, short term, it depends on what they need. You know, if they have if they have like very prominent uh, frown lines where they look pissed off all the time, or they got really deep uh, nasal labial folds, then we just start injecting a little stuff in there, and in 24, 48 hours, bang, they look great, right? Yeah. Uh, you just got to make sure you don't get it wrong, so they're not like, "Yeah, hey, that worked out." <laughs> look like Popeye. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a- I have a shirt made out of a hundred dollar bills. Makes me look better, like instantly for some reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and a, that and a thick wallet. Uh, if you're good, you look really good. Yeah, it's the bulge in the back, right? Is that it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong side. <laughs> I got to ask you sometime. Why are there so many high-level celebrities who get it wrong? Something. Yeah, that's a great wrong. question. That's a great point. That's a great question. Like, How many times you turn on TV and it's like, why did they do that? He looked better before. I think there's two. There's two uh, problems with that. Oh, and by the way, before we get on, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking this Guinness Draft. Really, really good. But not anywhere as good as Ireland. It's way better than the regular one. Right. I'm I'm drinking it from like a 50-year-old beer stein that I brought with me from Germany when I lived there. Here, here, Larry. Yeah. Click. There you go. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 Well, Larry, what would you say 
is so, the area. Go ahead and finish your, no, your so tips first. That one is, uh, you know, I think with uh, particularly with actresses and and people who are in front of the camera, there's a lot of uh, insecurity and and what we call body dysmorphic syndrome, where people will think that they look a certain way when they don't. I mean, I think I told you that story that happened to me when, early on when I was in practice of this woman that come, came into my office um, uh, wearing like a black trench coat and heels and all that. And she came in uh, for liposuction. So my office manager went in and talked to her first. And then she said, okay, here's a gown, put the gown on and Dr. Pollock and I will come back in. And she comes out, she goes, I don't know, she looks a little skinny, I'm not sure if there's gonna be anything to liposuction there. So we walked back in the room and thank God uh, she was with me because she wasn't wearing the gown. She had this very small lace black bra, garters, fishnet stockings, thong panties, and like stiletto heels. Really? And How like, high were the stilettos, Larry? Huh? How high were they? Uh, they were higher than I am long. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, How small was the thong? Yeah. And the and thong. What millimeter were the fishnets? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what a sick an image here. Yeah. So here's the thing is that, you know, she was insistent <laughs> that she had fat on her thighs and her butt. And she, she was borderline anorexic. I mean, not enough where she looked bad. Mm -hmm. But it was not, you know, her body fat was probably like 0.5%. Right. And so I don't know if she was doing that as a thrill or if she legitimately saw fat that wasn't there. And of course, we didn't do anything to her. But I think that's a big problem in Hollywood. And then, uh, What'd you charge her, Larry? What'd you wind up charging her? $14,000. I was wondering, Larry, I always wonder when you see like the eyes pulled too tight, is that because like the person who gets the surgery, you know, kind of wants to get their money's worth, right? They want to, they want to try to look a lot younger. They probably, I, I always wonder sometimes the doctor gets pushed into doing that. They, I well, wanna... there's still, yeah, there's some that will. And then there's some doctors that just aren't, don't do the greatest job. Like, <laughs> The that guy makes sense. Kenny Rogers really screwed that up the first time. You uh, discount body fat for your car. Some of it's bad surgery. Some of it is the surgeon giving into the whole celebrity cult thing. That oh, I want to be known as the one that did this person. Oh wow! Um, and then some of it is you know I had a guy come in. He was probably I don't know thirty eight or forty, and he came. He goes, I want to get a facelift, and it's like oh well, you know you don't really have a lot going there. I said maybe we do a little pull here, and he goes no. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what I did to get rid of him is I charged him. I said, "Well, you know, it's going to cost like sixty thousand dollars, which is outrageous." And he goes, "Okay." And then I had to go back in and say, "Well, no, I can't really do it." Uh, so I sent wow. him to my neighbor across the hall. Just kidding, uh, eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go for forty, I could have made a ton. And of then I turned around and left. I was done. The guy, the guy, you know, I'm totally unrealistic, and and. You know, so he ended up getting it done. He probably went to like a, he probably got it done in like a drive-through place, right? It's a different yeah, yeah, cheaper, yeah. 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 So yeah. All right, that's interesting, All right, Mr. Sirota. My question yes, for you is: Well, then hold on. First, I am I am drinking a little Knob Creek here, okay. and because Skip is uh, is uh, alcohol-free in the lemonade, I brought a drink on his behalf. It is a Spearfish Ale, a local beer. So you're two fists. Right. Double Thank fisting. Thank you so much. That's Double fisting. <laughs> Okay. That's for you. Party. I wrote this one down. Okay. 
how in the world did you get Jess to marry you? Oh, no, no. I already, <laughs> asked, I, I already asked you that one on the last show, and you said you had no idea how either. Um, She's nearsighted. I stayed far away. <laughs> all right. Obviously, extraordinaire photographer. Here's my question. A lot of amateurs get the light wrong. I mean, I've learned a lot from you about just the use of light. So when you are going to go out and shoot in natural light, what are your very best windows, like in terms of early, how early and how late? And then secondly, like what is the scenario you have to avoid in terms of sunlight? And by the way, David's not taking any of your recommendations. Into yeah, yeah, you can see that from the Zoom, uh, yeah, the quality of that being said. Yeah, yeah, and I just said we spent the year on the road together, but there was no Zoom last year. By the way, right. this is a revolutionary thing. Yeah. There was this was yeah. not there. There was Skype, but no one did that. Anyway, um, for that. Anyway, hey, it's hard to make a dreary Nationals ballpark look good. It was just very depressing. I gotta tell you, like, <laughs> no, no, you you did great last night. Uh, that, was that was honestly like going. I want to hear. That was like going to a ball game in East Germany. It was just weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so th there's actually a thing known as the golden light, uh, the creamy light, which is you know, about 40 minutes before sunset every day. But the trick to catching that golden light and really working it is having it in your face, not at your back. So when you, so it, the, the answer to the, the question is really both, you know, avoiding backlit, avoiding light from behind and silhouetting your face. So you look for as much front light as <laughs> possible. <you> and, <laughs> um, and, um, and then you look to, to grab that right before sunset, or if you're up early, that golden hour of, uh, of about 45 minutes to an hour after sunrise. Um, the light is really say, natural. Been around you. I mean, I don't think you people realize how early you got to get out of bed if you want that excellent early morning photography. You got to get up when it's dark. And get out yeah, there. and even oh, when yeah. Dave and I were covering the PGA Tour last year for 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 a, a special project, um, you know, we would you know Dave's used to getting out there once the golfers are sort of making their turn or after a few holes or you know sometimes if you're doing stories on practice then you get there real early. But you know, he's like, all right, what time you want to get out there? You know, around twelve one. You know, <laughs> Tiger or or or, uh, or Kepka at off at you know two o'clock. What do you think? And I'd be like, no, I want to see if there's that great Eight. light and that first golfer <laughs> silhouette. That I, I get out there. We went out to San Diego, Dave. Yeah, that was awesome. Specifically to get Shoot one Mike. shot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to get that one early, real early tee off when you know. Well, I tell you, it was cool, there. right? To be out there. With, you ever been on our golf course early with Tiger? It's very cool. I mean, I, I mean, usually at a PJ Tour event, if you go super early, it actually isn't that crowded. But only Tiger can get the whole world out there. That was at Tory, yeah. right? Were you guys at the US Yes, Open? yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, but we, we also did uh, farmers, another farmers, event farmers, in farmers, San Diego, yeah. Mike, by you. Yeah, the farmers, where the light at, at early morning and end of day, oh. because of those high greens that overlooked, the, you know, those canyons and stuff, yeah, man, it, we would get there earlier. We would get there. Some days we got there at, like, you know, four oh five, just to get that five thirty light, six o'clock light, and it didn't matter who walked through the light. Every golfer was a was really an award winning or a uh, you know a bell ringer type image because they were walking through this beam of light that came through the trees perfectly. So, early morning, late day, um, you know, the the more you want it, you know, the more you put into it, the more be, you'll get. Don't be backlit. 
By the way, yeah. the U.S. Open is here next year, right? Yes. Yeah, and um, and where's the the first major this year in San Francisco? It's right. In, in uh, yeah, San Francisco. Hopefully. Nice. PGA is next month. Yeah, the tournaments on the West Coast, you know, I do a lot of stuff here in Florida, obviously, and we have a nice swing of tournaments here uh, every year. But, man, when Dave and I got out on the road and got over by you boys on the West Coast, um, man, the light was just gorgeous. Gorgeous. Honestly, there's no comparison. The Florida courses are, if you're an avid golfer, they're beautiful golf holes, they're well-designed. But the topography in California just makes it just unbeatable. Some of the shots he got, I mean, there's some stuff that he shot of Tiger. They're, they're just awesome, awesome photos. Yeah. Can, that's yep. still the one he's talking about. You can see against the San Diego sky. You can't – it's all black, right? But it's so obviously him, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, thanks, yep. Mark. All right. Finally, Mike. <laughs> you oh, have a lot of way. questions. I want to ask you a couple. Here's, a, here's my question for you. Right, Guys man. in their 50s. Give us a couple of things, nonpartisan causes that you believe passionately in that people can get involved in, and also like you know ways to get involved that you've based on your experience. Wow, wow! Got to pick two. Yeah, you want two? Well, just a couple causes that you think have been like really rewarding for you, or even things that menopause involved in. When when, Uh, when Larry and I first met we went out to dinner with our wives and i don't know how this came up but larry said what do you want to do in your life what what, what's your thing you know what's your passion and i said i don't know i i have this gut feeling i need to go to africa and i don't know what it was but right i said and that was the first time i've ever said that before and my wife looks at me, she goes, what do you mean? You want to go to Africa? I said, I don't know. There's been something burning in my gut to go to Africa. So a few years later, I had my first experience going to Uganda. And we've been there ever since. It is probably the most rewarding trip I have ever gone on. I've been there three times. Can't wait. We were going to go again uh, in a couple of months, but we had to cancel that. But next year, we're going to go. And I'm with you. Why do we it is a amazing it's an amazing thing because we started a trip i mean guys like me most guys hear that they hear you guys you know what most average person thinks is is that safe right is it safe like people don't know really a lot about africa and like right how many countries there are is it you know what's a what's a good place to go right well that that was a mission trip which Mm -hmm. i just was going with a client of mine trying to figure out what is what's here what what do they need you know what can i do and we discovered that um, these children who are left, you know, their parents have died from AIDS. They're either living with an uncle or an aunt or a grandmother, or what they call a jaja, and they they don't have anything. They live in mud huts, and so we 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 decided we were going to start building homes for them and, and awarding them these homes, which we have been doing ever since. So for the last let me see, ten years, we've been giving homes to uh, children that that uh, whose parents have died from AIDS. So, and the, then Larry, wow. what, last year? Oh. Two years ago, right? Yeah, years. I had been telling Larry for many, many years that he needs to go on this trip with me. And it's it's a very tough trip. It's not an easy trip. I'm it's sure. Very, it, it's grueling to get there, right? But once you land and you get out of the plane and you smell the, the smell from Africa, it, there's an energy 
and there is there's something about it that makes you just fall in love immediately with with Africa, with the people. And Larry said it was probably one of the most rewarding trips he's ever gone on as well. So we're hooked. Well, I, I will say that that burning you had in your gut to go to Africa, we actually had that on the way back from the trip last time. <laughs> <laughs> we were out down for the count for, for a few days after. But it had nothing to it, it had nothing to do with Africa and it had nothing to do with uh, Turkey because we was went the airline food, I think. But boy, it was the airline food. My question was, why did you bring your wives on your first date with each other? Because it sounds like with the question Larry asked that you guys were kind of feeling each other out a little bit there. Well, we were, we were <laughs> doing under the, table. the table anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that. I, I've been to Africa many times, and I, it's the greatest experience. I, I can't wait. It was, I was waiting, actually. My, my daughter's just turned 10. My son is just 14, going on 15. And it's right around that time, because you know, if, when, if you go to Africa, young, young children are not the, the smartest thing to take out in the bush. Um, right. So I, I've been waiting. My wife and I um, honeymooned in Nairobi. I have dear friends in Nairobi, um, uh, South Africa, all over the Botswana. Mike, if you, if you, I'm going to invite myself. Tell me when you guys are going. I'm there. Absolutely, 100%. Everybody on this screen can go with us. We welcome I'm there. The more, the merrier, because what we, we found, um, we had probably, how many people went with us? About eight. Yeah. We took over this hotel. We had yeah. an absolute ball. We went to the, the um, where the Nile River starts, right? We, yeah. the, the, where the springs start. It was just an amazing, amazing trip. Can't wait oh, to go man. back. We're going to go to South Africa after that. May, May 2021 is our tentative plan to have a menopause right. trip with all of us, plus people who are followers of man. I mean, if you're, oh, at that'd be place, great. if you're at the place where the Nile River starts, you got to feel like you're at the beginning of a lot of it, things. It, it was amazing. We, we took a boat right around and we just kept circling it and taking pictures. It and it was, it was amazing. Awesome. Just amazing. That's That's awesome. Awesome. My wife just brought in, I call this, I say it wrong, I call it knocky. I call it knock, knock, knocky on heaven's door. It's so good. <laughs> it's not, uh, Dave, you got some light on you. Pounds you got off, it. starts it back up again. I realize, yeah, I was following this guy, Sirota's tips. All right. Yeah, you can turn the, the way, light on to eat. Don't forget I, tips. I'm going to send this out to you guys because I don't think you can get it. Great Lakes Brewing Company, this amber, I, I know you like your dentist, Larry, and this is right from Cleveland, Ohio. Very good beer. It's a very good amber. This one again, or? What's that? Is that the Elliot Ness one you had last time? Or Elliot Ness. I'm going to get the Dortmunder Gold. I've got that in. I could only get it in cans, which I don't I don't love canned beer. I know that's probably yeah, based on nothing, but I don't like canned beer. I want to take a moment to ask, does anyone want to say anything about Regis Philbin? He died. <laughs> oh, 88. no. I didn't hear we that. Lost, we lost a menopauser today. Yeah, they, we did. Uh, yeah. 88, though. Oh, my God. 88. And you know what? Wow. He, by the time Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came on, he was older then. He, that was kind of his, like, comeback right. career. Right? Right. So I have, I have a, something to ask, Skip. I know you, you were talking about getting in, you know, in tip-top shape for guys over 50. But what do you say that we need to do, all of us, now that we're all over 50? Or at least some of us. Yeah, I don't start with drink lemonade. That's a bad answer. <laughs> yeah, there's no well, sugar in his lemonade. I guess you now I don't know. Everybody starts at a different point. I like to keep it simple. You know, uh, 
but you know, where is the starting point? Everybody has a different starting point, but I'll tell you that nutrition is a really big part. And that means a lot of things to a lot of people, but you know, that's even more important than certainly any complex exercise in a gym or weight trainings or routines. And that's the, that's the number one thing. That's really whatever age, the priority should be on your eating habits, right? That makes the biggest impact. And I'll tell you, you know, um, you know, the 15 by 15 by 15, uh, workout that's on the, uh, manopause.com uh, website. I mean, that is plenty. You do that like three times a week. You do cardio, you walk, and you watch your diet. You're fine. You're going to do great that way. And everything else is on top of that. So like guys just make it so complex that they never even get going. You know, um, I think that a lot of um, fitness experts out there, if you just wanted to uh, just go into this space, I'm going to do this, and you watch a lot of videos, um, you know, a lot of their our identity is what we do. Look how smart we are, right? Look what we know. And it's just not useful. It's not useful. And it's not necessary uh, for what you need to do to get in shape. And so, I'm, although, you know, if you did a Google search, uh, you could see how extreme that I looked and how much I was into it. I'm the opposite of that because again, that's not what it's needed. You know? Uh, so again, I guess it's where it started really, um, you know, where someone's understanding that I, I found out there's a lot of different, you know, understandings of what good nutrition is. So uh, one thing that I do is I always start where they are because uh, I remember before I started bodybuilding, I was 27. I was in you know, good shape, fine. And I really thought that pizza was the perfect food, right? It had something from all the different well, categories. David thinks that, well, well, not now, but. Right, right. You know, that's, that's what I thought. So I always well, got to start. Big fan, big What's that? I'm still a big fan of pizza. I think you got to eat pizza every now and then. No, I, and, I, and, and you can. When but you're you, right about diet, when you get to be our age, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not, I didn't go vegan or anything or vegetarian, but I did curtail the meat. You know, I just tried to keep it in check a little bit more. I grew up in Michigan in the Midwest, right? My family is all from the South. Yeah. I grew up in the world where like literally the, the meal was built around the meat, mm -hmm. right? It was like put in the middle. And so, you find you can enjoy some pretty tasty meals, just kind of take a break, right? Yes, yes. No, but that's more of calories for me because they're so high. In, it's It cuts out a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. the, the meat does? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that and the carbs. Usually the yes. carbs are, you know, you can say that, well, this is healthy. This is rice. This is pasta. But those calories just get out of control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pasta, I can't even, like, walk by pasta. That's, like, the thing I think that is probably... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm glad Skip's concentrating on nutrition and diet and not what we drink. He didn't say <laughs> what we drink is essential. And that makes me feel comfortable that I'm doing my part. That's yeah. that's what frustrates me though. Is I have a lot of patients who come in and they're you know, they've lost 18, 20 pounds. It's like, how'd you do it? And they were like, you know, I was just drinking a lot, so I stopped drinking. It's like, fuck, you know, I don't drink <laughs> I don't that much, so I can't do that. That's frustrating. <laughs> there goes that idea. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Well, and Brett, I mean, like, when, every time I've gone to Europe, especially Italy, where you walk like crazy, right? Yes. And uh, and all the food there, if you eat in in you know the local restaurants, is completely fresh. You know, every whether you eat pasta right. or fish or whatever, it is, it's completely Bread. fresh. And I have never, I've always lost weight when I've gone to Italy, right. eating whatever the hell I want. That happened to me. Wine and everything. You lose weight because it's all good, healthy, natural food. And you're walking like crazy. Plus, I started to say, you go to like, we went to Montepulciano, this yeah. walled city. I mean, when they say walled city, they're not kidding in Italy, right? I mean, yeah. getting from where you are into the town, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Very strenuous. Yeah. We were exhausted. And like I said, Dave loves to walk, man. He's an avid walk. I got to well, say, this guy, he's not going to have hard problems. Food. The non-processed food, I think it does make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Is that right, Skip? It, it, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. I think All right, so. here's the thing. Here's the, here's the <laughs> a, a topic du jour, because a, a, a guy said this in my ear, and I want to, like, discuss the term recreational Viagra. <laughs> talking to me on the phone i'd never i actually never heard that term and he says to me have you tried recreational viagra so here's my question is that just my buddy calling it recreational viagra because he has ed and doesn't want to say that or probably is he really onto something here and you can you're and we're talking here like an erection as they say down south that the cat couldn't scratch <laughs> If there was carpet on it, the cat could. Doctor, doctor, I put that to you. Yeah, if you don't manscape, then the cat can scratch it. But, uh, <laughs> but I, th I, I would think what it is, is, I mean, there's two, there's two purposes for, for Viagra, Cialis, all those. Is One is they're used for people that have, you know, bigger prostates where it's hard to pee, and it kind of helps with that. And that's more medicinal, right, medically oriented. And then there's the Viagra for ED, which is also medical, but you use it for recreational activities, right? right. Uh, so well, I mean, maybe that's what he, maybe that is his gentle way of saying, I can't get it up without my pill. First of all, it's a little bit, as an English major, it's a little bit redundant. Isn't all Viagra used recreationally? Is there any like business Viagra? I mean, there's it's <laughs> like just, just working tonight, hon, just all business. Um, <laughs> And by the way, yeah, there's a profession for that. Yeah, I guess my question was, if you didn't, I guess, yeah, if you didn't need it, would it give you an enhanced impact regardless? I guess is what he's saying, right? Uh, well, there, there is a community of, um, of, of sexual partiers that will do that, that will take, even, even younger ones, that will take that. And then they also do the, um, uh, what's the other one, the nitrous, uh oxide or something sure, uh, sure. I like you can't think of it where yeah you inhale it like that and it, it does boing, it does the same thing but it, you know the combination hold on let me let me get so you get my notebook hold on i can't write anything down in the hot tub hold on can we see your hands park right now talking about amyl nitrate amyl nitrate that's <laughs> <laughs> thank you doctor uh, Mark just Mark just texted me that, so I, I you know, well, I, yeah, right. I was thinking it, so that's good. I just want to make sure it can't hurt you. You know, you remember, remember the old commercial they said they always give you the side effects at the end. If you have an erection lasting more than four hours, you should call your doctor. And I, I would think you call your friends. I'm calling. I'm calling you. I'm calling all of you guys. Hi, Mike and Larry here, inviting you to spend some time at menopause.com. It's a website dedicated to men over 50 and the people who love them. That's right. Articles, videos, podcasts, and a community forum all here at menopause.com. Hey, are you tired of everything from movies to fashion always being aimed at millennials? I know I am. Well, at menopause.com, we focus on you, guys over 50, with stuff you care about. Like sports sex, humor, health, entertainment, and business. It's all here. Manopause.com. Manopause.com. It's about time. Join the movement.
Hey, Larry, I got it. Dave, if you don't mind, I got a, a kind of a serious question for Larry. When, if, since we're talking about stuff like this, please. Let's, I want to put all of us. I, I, you know, <laughs> if, what happens when you when when with a with a woman and with your wife when it's a hysterectomy? Like, where does that uh, you know uh, you know how does that show up in in uh, a change of your life? Well, you know, and I mean, if if there's no major complications in the surgery then the nerves to the vaginal vault should still be okay. And that shouldn't affect things at all. Right. What about the mood or anything like that? Right. You, right. Have, you don't got to worry about it no more. So yeah. I mean, there's still the basic attraction problem that she's been dealing with. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice thing in your case is if you tell the doctor, Hey, listen, can you shorten that vaginal vault so I can touch the back of it? That would Wait, they call it a vault. Seriously, Larry, uh, yeah. you guys call it a vault. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, you that's might so you might want to call it a dent so that it works right yeah. for you. But <laughs> you better watch it. Yeah. You're it to become a vault, which you don't have the combination. We are recording this, Larry. Uh, hello. I was gonna say you're locked out. You're yeah. locked out all the time. Okay. That's the problem with the vault. <laughs> all right. All right. Straighten it out. Let's, um, all right, let, let's do another can, intro so we can cut that part out. Quick hitter. This is a quick question. You can say it one by one. We'll uh, start with you, Mike. What music are you listening to right now? If you get in your car and go somewhere, what, what's, what's been your music this week? This week has been uh, classic vinyl, uh, top 100 rock station. I absolutely love it. Led Zeppelin. Black Sabbath, Santana, you name it. That does sound good. It. I freaking that sounds, that sounds it. serious XM or what is that? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, no, well, give us the number. What station number is it? Do you even know? No, no, no. It's it, it's on serious. I'm not. Ugh, yeah, I, I, never, I never know. That's the thing about. I'm not. I'm not joking around. I never know what number I'm on. I just know what yeah, I'm here. Yeah, classic vinyl. It's preset on there, and I turn it on. <laughs> it cranks, and I just dig it. It's all right. Keely Dan comes on there all the time, and one of my all-time favorite. What? On that station? Yeah, all the time. Uh, I swear, almost really? every time that I turn the uh, start the car, Steely Dan is on. It's always on Yacht Rock, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't keep it on Yacht Rock anymore. Yeah. Well, we'll let later. Maybe if we have time, we'll have Larry give us his ranking of best Steely Dan albums. We'll we'll, we'll let him think about that for a while. Asia. Yeah. Skip, what are you listening to? You know what? Uh, out your way uh, with the kids, the NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Oh, yeah. Really? Those? You're cool. I love those. Great yeah. answer. I love man, the artists. Man of culture, what are you doing on this call? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> so what are you doing on this call? You have too much culture. Yeah. No, no actually, it's just local keeps you young, right? I just yeah. love I love those they're so passionate in the mastery. You, you just take it for granted when you hear it on the radio and then you actually see them perform. It's just uh, amazing. But uh, I just love the, the rawness of that uh, little studio, the, the tiny desk, right? And they, they have everybody come through yeah. there too. But, yeah. You know, I, I, I tell good. you, I, I, when you were asking this question, I kind of froze up because uh, this along with my lemonade thing. So I took a little <laughs> different route. I, you know, I, uh, you know, music, a lot of times, it, it, you know, when you think of Steely Dan, you know, I remember back <laughs> in the day, right? But I kind of have a mixed feelings because you're programmed to the good times, but those good times aren't around. Or it reminds you of how times 
you know, uh, slipping by, right? It's this mixed emotion that music uh, puts it, you on this roller coaster ride, right? <laughs> it's kind of time that you remember it based on, yeah, where you were. Yeah, where you were. You're segueing into my Taylor Swift yay or nay question, but that's later. Okay, <laughs> okay go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, what about you, Mr. Sirota? This man loves his music, let me tell you that. And I will say this, one of my favorite things about Mark is he really gets into it with the whole family, takes his kids, they all got dressed up, went to a Kiss concert, dressed as the band, made up as the band. I mean, it's fantastic. But that's what right. do you this week? Well, um, you know, and, and I'll preface this by saying, you know, music is what gave me my, my, my life, my career. I used to sneak my 110 Instamatic Vivitar camera, my Olympus OM-10, my Canon F1s, all the, every camera I ever had, I would sneak it into a concert, Kiss, Kansas, Boston, Doobie Brothers. And concert photography really got me into the world of photography. So it's, it's a real warm place for me. But I, I'm, I'm a lot like Mike, but I'm a little bit more specific. When I say Zeppelin, it's got to be Led Zeppelin 4, Side 2. I want to listen to the entire Fleetwood Mac Rumors album or oh, yeah. Boston's first album. I like to be able to, and I like the fact that technology nowadays allows me to, I'm not a playlist guy as much as I am. Let me hear the whole side of an album or an entire album where there were eight or 10 number one hits um, and um, out of, you know, 12 or, you know, 13 songs. So uh, I'm, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. I, I love rock and roll, but I'm also a big uh, Adele fan. So I could listen to, you know, any one of her albums all the way through. Bruno Mars, I like listening to when I'm on the road. Pharrell. Um, I like listening to happy songs, things that put me in a good mood because, you know, being on the highway can be so um, intense and, uh, and um, depressing sometimes. Yeah. Not bad. I think it is for me. I like, if it's the older band, I know who it is. If it's like newer music, I kind of like it, but I'm not really sure who it is. Right. <laughs> exactly. If you, Larry, if you watch you? the Grammys or one of the yeah. other music uh, yes. award shows, you don't even know who those people that's are. The but first you, time I've heard about well, that's who sings that. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. year did you check out of that? Because there was a time where you knew everybody on the Grammys, yes. right? No, it's really interesting. <laughs> that's a good question. It's a good question where you stop. I think it's because you can only be obsessed with so many things in your life, and you yeah. just find things to move on to. But Larry, what's in what's on uh, your radio? You know, I play I play music constantly when I'm in the OR because that just kind of makes the time go by fast. And matter of fact, I had one nurse that stopped working with me for a while because I used to play nothing but Steely Dan. And I remember <laughs> when you were wheeling me into the operating room and we were doing the penal enlargement thing and and um, <laughs> the eyes. Steely Dan cranking in there, and I said, "Hey, you play this list." And you said, sure, no problem. And then all of a sudden you said, count back, you know, count from 10 to uh, one, and I was out. So. When you wake up, you really will be Steely Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like Steely Dan so much, because the enlargement happened, and it was great. <laughs> I mean, I, I listen to them uh, a lot, but, you know, I, I also program my Pandora so that, I mean, I'll, I'll hear a Steely Dan song, and then I'll hear a... Um, you know, uh, a Led Zeppelin song, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's like either Adele or then Frank Sinatra sneaks in. Then they play a series of Motown stuff. Um, you know, so it's a real eclectic uh, collection of music because uh, I, I pretty much like all music. Uh, what I don't listen to in the OR is classical. You know, I like classical, but 
I'd be asleep on the patient's uh, you know head if I was doing that. So uh, this head. Uh, yeah, and, right. Uh, breath. Yeah. Depending on what uh, you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I like everything, but I mean, my go-to music if I if I need if I need a, a, a pep talk or something is Steely Dan because it's interesting to Skip's point. I've been a fan of theirs since I first saw them in '73 or '74 at wow. Irvine when they were actually a band, and the the music has evolved. The songs are the same. Most of them were written in the '70s and early '80s, but my perception of those songs has changed as I've gotten older. I look at them differently now than I did then in terms of the meaning and, and the importance of it and, and, and just the, the, the chords they use and the tempos and everything. Uh, I just find their songs fascinating and so complex that for me, it's never get old. I mean, they're, they're layered. So, all right, we'll go right. What, what's, what's, your, uh, what's, what's your top three Steely Dan albums? Uh, I'd say probably Asia is number one. I would say Gaucho is one of my favorites. And then, yeah. and then yeah. of course, Can't Buy a Thrill was the first one. That's the one that sucked me in and got, got me hooked. So all of them, I think, are great. But those three in particular. I always, I always found myself throwing Pretzel Logic on there a lot, too. Yeah. Just awesome. To yeah, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, Larry. Um, you know, being a Steely Dan fan, which I also grew up, like just loving them and loving Michael McDonald and Donald Fagan and, and the sounds that, that, that their vocals brought to go along with those great, um, you know, uh, instrumentals. But how, how did you manage? Cause I did. And, 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 and I wonder how did you manage when you couldn't see them live in the early days? They didn't really tour at all. They were a studio band. Um, how did you grow to love them when you couldn't actually buy a ticket to go see them? Well, because the thing is, is when I first heard about it, my brother had brought Can't Buy a Thrill back. He had gone to Adelphi on Long Island for his first year of college. We were living in Germany at the time. So he came back for Christmas and he brings this album, you know, and at the time I was totally into Grand Funk Railroad, Black Sabbath and all that, right? Oh, yeah. And he goes, this is really cool. It's like, yeah, right. And he puts it on and I'm like, what the F is this, right? Yeah. And so when we moved back to California in 73, he went to Irvine. And then in late 73 or early 74, I don't remember exactly when, they were doing a college tour and it was the whole band. So from the time I started liking them, it wasn't long before I actually got to see them in concert. And then a few, oh, okay. yeah, a few years after they stopped touring and that's when they became a studio band where it was just Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. And then they just brought in musicians as they needed them and wanted them. And that, so that was kind of tough. And they didn't start touring again until the late 80s. Um, but still, their music is just, so, to me, so meaningful uh, and weird uh, that, uh, that, yeah, I just, I, every time I hear a song, I just find new shit in it, you know? To me, that's like how Pink Floyd is when you hear those guitarists going, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 You, start, you start really listening to it a couple times. Because I didn't, honestly, first time I heard Animals, I'm like, this is kind of, out there i'm not sure i like this but then as i became more mentally adjusted to the scene um I to really like it and then you really start to understand them and that, that's scary you know the fascinating <laughs> thing about the bands that last and have this iconic music is the 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 members of the band are re first of all real musicians they 
they read music, they write music. They're not just right, picked right. up the guitar. That's number one, except for the beat. Right. Uh, Paul mm-hmm. McCartney can't read music, but um, but like he can't, uh, read. he can't read music. Yeah, uh, but but like if the Queen, you know, the the lead guitarist for Queen, I can't remember what his name is right now. Brian something. Yeah, he's Brian May. He's an yeah. astrophysicist. Yeah, they're usually hey, they're usually smart guys. They usually yeah. grow to hate they usually grow to hate each other for at least right. a period of time. But they but they their their music is is complex because their minds are complex. Mm-hmm. And that's why they last, you know. So no, uh, with, with Fagan and Becker, those guys were total musicians. That was their lives, studying music. Uh, incorporating all manner of music into their music. But you're right. I mean, if you're other bands, they come and go because the songs are sort of like follow a formula. Yeah, exactly. You know, they crank out the hits, right. but that's it. And then you hear, you know, like Mark and I were just we heard Van Morrison, even at his age now. You start listening oh, yeah. to that band. You listen to his band. We were like talking about how tight is that band and how good those songs are, right? Oh, yeah. It's you know, amazing. I was listening to um, or watching a show with my wife just before we started about David Foster. Have you guys seen that on Netflix? No, no. What's, what's oh it called? Oh, my God. You guys have to watch that. It's amazing. His his story about all of his, his family members and how he started and, and how he grew into who he is today. It's an amazing story. But there's one story that he's driving home from a a session with Michael Bolton, right? And he only wanted to stay until 12, but he stayed, do you know this? Do you know the story that he he stayed until 2.30 and then he drives from from the studio home to Malibu, pitch dark, he's going through the the swervy roads and everything. And there's a guy standing there with his arms up in the middle of the road. And he's trying to get home to get to bed. And he can't stop fast enough. And he hits this guy. And he said, I've killed somebody. He calls 911 immediately. And he says, I've killed somebody. And he says, my, my life flashed before my eyes. My career's over. This guy's dead. I've killed somebody. Oh, my God, what do I do? Wow. He gets out of the car. And he's trying to help the guy. And he sees the guy's hand is moving. So he knows that there's some life there. It turns out. It was Ben Vereen. He hits Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen was having an, a, some sort of bleeding in, in his brain and some sort of aneurysm before he was out in the street doing this. He was going insane. Well, and the, the doctor told At Dave, the same time? At that same at moment? At the same time. Yes. Yeah, so he's freaking out. He's running around going, you know, his, blade, his brain is bleeding. And he's out there. And the doctor said, if you didn't hit him, he would have bled out and he would have been dead. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Three months later, Ben Vereen calls David and says, he didn't, he didn't introduce himself. He said, hey, I just wanted to say, I am your biggest hit you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> because of getting hit in the street, it saved his wow. life. Wow. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. story. You have to watch this. I think it was Ben Vereen in his good career story. at the time. That's the only good he's, story. Yeah, he's a Michael big star. Oh. Big star at the time. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. 
So now we mentioned Taylor Swift. Uh, you guys, you know, if you go on Twitter, you probably know this, right? If you go on social media, you're not allowed to not like Taylor Swift. If you, <laughs> if you say anything negative about her, her fans will descend upon you. So with that, she dropped a new album. I go to my wife for the time to hear this. Her evaluation of it was, you know, not bad. She likes some of her songs, probably not as good as her past stuff. But any of you guys listen to Taylor Swift? Or Larry, is that in your is that in your ballpark? You, you know, say Taylor Dane or Taylor Swift? Taylor <laughs> Dane. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really care for her music. It's catchy and everything, but I love her chutzpah. I love the fact that she pushes back on the music industry, on people that try oh, yeah. to shame her. Uh, I, to me, that's such a great example to set for the age group that really like the girls that really like her. You know, to mm-hmm. don't take shit from anybody thing. And I, I love that. So her music, I can take or leave. But uh, I think she's setting an amazing example for girls. I, I don't know her that, music very well, but I like her ice cream commercial, the song oh, in that commercial. I think I she's like in that, that pressure cooker. She's such a corporation that she's sort of almost compelled to kind of follow her winning formula in her new songs, right? She, yeah, your kids listen to her? Yes, yes. And she's, she's quite an artist and songwriter. And uh, uh-huh. she, again, I... Not as much of a music fan, maybe as uh, you guys, but I just I love when because now you can you can see them in the process, you know, these recording artists, and you just say, "Wow, they're just amazing at what they do." It's so inspirational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. My kids, I I don't think she's the greatest singer, but I like her music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my kids, and it's you know, I have I have a real interesting twist on this, Dave, for you. But I, I will say that my kids. I got a 10-year-old girl, like I said, and a, um, and a 14-year-old boy, and neither one of them um, listen to her. I mean, they, it, it's not like they dislike her or they, you know, but the, it's not their thing. And that's why we don't hear it in the house. They're more Imagine Dragons. They're more, um, you know, some uh, Billie Eilish and some, you know, crazy kind of stuff, you know, newer stuff. But the, the question I'll ask, Dave, is you've got a real young kid that by the time modern music, pop music, is in his blood, you're going to be like in your early 80s, late 90s, I don't know. You, you, no, you're, seriously, you're going to be an older guy. How are you going to relate? Let me tell you something. He already has musical taste, and you were going to ask me what I was I'm going to follow Skip's lead. I'm in that world. I'm kind of listening to what he wants to listen to. But we got in the car the other day, and here's what he wants to listen to these days. Folsom Prison Blues, oh. which he has remembered. <laughs> no! He has remembered all the words. That's great. So That's a great song. We had to explain to him the part about how when you shoot a man in Reno just to watch him die, that's bad. That's why you go to prison and never get out. He gets that. And the other song he listened to, gets him to hear was Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Yeah. My greatest song ever. Yes. <laughs> and he listens to a band uh, that he, anything that kind of reminds him of that honky tonk chord there's a band out of texas you may have never heard of called br549 um, yeah yeah and they're put on a great live show they tour around a lot they have really i mean really good like bluesy southern guitar right and they sound they, they all follow that sort of simple chord johnny cash lead right a lot of these bands have that same kind of you know he played pretty simple chords yep so it's interesting now he's got that taste and he listens to it and then, then he'll hear a newer song sometimes and he'll say i like that one all right he, he definitely knows what he likes and i think is interesting that's cool but but you you've trained him up a little bit and hopefully he'll like some of the same music but can you imagine what he's going to be listening to when he's 16 well 
He sees us <laughs> cash talking about Bob Dylan came over to his house. This is a true story. And they sat together and they wrote a song called Wanted Man. And he likes to hear Johnny Cash singing Wanted Man live at San Quentin Prison. In prison or a prison guard. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I want to go to school this well, I love, I love, you go to school this well, What would you do this summer? I love Johnny Cash singing in prison. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> My fondest memories as a child in childhood. Well, boys, I think this is kind of a good rap, right? I think um, this was this was good. Yeah. And Skip, uh, thanks for coming in this one. We're going to be doing more. So, uh, you know, you might have to loosen up a little bit with uh, maybe just a drop of vodka or something. All right. Sounds good. You know, I, it, it, I think yeah. what we can do them every week. Honestly, if you do this amount of time, you kind of get enough material out of there to make something out of it, right? That's the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you want to be the adult in the room, that's up to you, man. You want to <laughs> yeah. whole, an entire meal while we're here. He went <laughs> off camera, on camera, <laughs> off camera. How was that? Was it good? That was I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get. Dummy sure, my, I'm trying to get done before my eating window expires. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're also going to try. We're also going to try and invite uh, maybe somebody from the manopause.com community to come on to one of these too right and that'd be uh, great get some interesting perspective on that so we, we well, might do these live too right i was right. I, I thought this one might yeah. be live i was gonna get my whole tribe over to watch us live on this one yeah. i was getting ready to share this yeah let's actually get someone interesting on larry what do you think <laughs> well we'll have walt on like, walt's great he's uh we can get him going about the saints huge saints fan so you can definitely get on about breeze and like who's going to beat him he was That'd the, be great. Second wedding, I think. Are you guys all still on your initial marriage? Yes, I am. I am. Yeah, what, I am. What a bunch of amateurs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. so next time we'll do this again, and then uh, and then we're working on the Facebook Live. Skip's helping out, uh, getting the technology going on that. Right. And uh, yeah, that'll be a blast. So that'll be cool. I would love to do one of these live because then yeah. you could get some people to come watch. And I love the idea of getting someone who's coming onto the site to be a guest. Right? And also getting live questions too. That right. No, they, they, it's really fun because like, you know, uh, you can ask, what was your first concert? Right. And we can be reading them off uh, right. Right. as we're doing it and things. Yeah, like that. that's a good idea. Yeah, that'll be cool. Excellent. All right, guys. All right. so I, I just want to ask you guys real quick. Is anybody using their... Uh, Manscaped, Razor. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. have been. Can you I feel it? Yeah. Can't, can't have no, can't have no cat scratching nothing. You know. That's what right. No, no. Nah. I've been cat using it, man. Right here. I mean, I, I got I, mine I, for Father's Day. Father's yeah. Day, I got mine. I, I, tell you, I love your beard, Mike. <laughs> I love your beard. It's oh, Duck Dynasty. You. He's he loves the show. You know what I'm, you know I, why I grow a beard, right? Why most uh, Yeah, but it looks 50. great. It looks great. <laughs> There's another no. joke there, but Mark was trying to grow one, but you can't grow it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Great job. We'll talk okay. to you next time. Have a good weekend, fellas. Have a good weekend. Good See you Thank guys you. later. See you later.